All right. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. As you find your seats, it's it's so great to be here with you this morning. Uh, as Pastor Roger said, uh, my name is uh, Ed Blaze, and I'm one of the pastors here on staff. If you have not seen me before, it's probably because you don't have any smelly junior high students. So they keep me. That's where they keep me most of the time. It's so exciting to be with all of you guys. Here today, I just, oh man, I'm excited. We got some energy in this place. It's just going to be us today and those of us that are watching on live stream, uh, welcome or watching a podcast later this week. It's so exciting to have all of you guys here. But I don't know about you. I think I should just not speak and Pastor Roger can come back and do the moonwalk for a little bit. That was pretty, that was pretty good. Oh man. You can go home and tell all your friends about that. That was great. Well, it is, like I said, it's such an honor to be here and to speak with you today. And today, we are going to dig into one of my favorite passages of Scripture. It's Philippians chapter 2. And this has been a passage of Scripture that really just kind of lives inside of me. And I think it's so important for us to look at, especially during the holiday season, because as we look at our relationship with God, one of the biggest problems that I see is sometimes it can be really hard to have a Christ-like attitude all the time. Am I right? How many of you guys had a problem with that last night watching that football game? (laughs) It it can be hard. It can be hard to have a Christ-like attitude in every circumstance, in everything that we do. And today we're going to really look at what it looks like to have that Christ-like attitude in all that we are and all that we do. Like I said, the football game last night, uh, maybe for some of you guys, uh, it could be somebody cuts you off in traffic, you get really frustrated, you get really upset. That's an area where you don't have a good attitude. Maybe you shell out the money, six bucks, and get a really nice espresso or drink at Starbucks, and the barista messes up your order. You know? How do you respond? What's your attitude going to be? I know one thing for me, uh, there was a moment in my life that I wish that I could take back. Um, I was in junior high, and I was playing seventh grade football, and I remember this very vividly. We were at this practice, and I'm playing offense. I was the center, so I'd snap the ball, and I would go, and I would block, And this kid that was playing on defense just decided in his mind what he was going to do is his whole purpose of the entire practice was just going to be to just frustrate me and to tick me off. So every time the ball was snapped, instead of blocking me, what he would do is he would dive and he would try and untie my shoes. He would just crawl on the ground and untie my shoes. And I remember as a seventh grader just getting so frustrated. All I wanted to do is just stomp on his little stupid hands. I was just so mad. And at the end of the practice, I just, I just let him have it. I just started every play just jumping on him until he got up. And then when he was standing up, I would just, I would hit him, you know, in the play. And I remember going home that night. And as a seventh grader trying to live for Christ, I remember feeling convicted like that was not a very good Christ-like attitude. And I remember that's one thing that, that, did keep, that did bother me for a while. And I think I eventually apologized to him. But we as, as Christians have this problem, you know. In, in our lives, we want to serve Christ. But it can sometimes be hard to do it in all that we are and all that we do. But we're not the only ones. In Philippians chapter 2, it really talks about this. And that's where we're going to be living today. One of the other things, too, when I think about this is how about during the season during Christmas. You know, maybe you were around the Christmas tree and, you know, one of your siblings opened up the the gift and it was exactly what you wanted and your parents skipped you over. Or you open up a present or you you are at your job and one of your friends 
got the promotion that you wanted or got the bonus that you wanted or you're with neck and neck with somebody for an award and you're waiting to hear who's going to get it. And as the name is called out, it's not yours. What's that first thing that's in your heart? Man, I wish it was me. Man, I wish it was me. I've been there. Sometimes, you know, we, we can think, oh man, I'm so happy for them. But sometimes deep down we have, we have those thoughts of, I just really want that too. I just have this selfishness that's in there. And as Christians, that's what we're going to address today in, in Philippians chapter 2. And so we're going to look at verses 1 and 2. <clears throat> and Paul is writing to the church of Philippi, and, and here's what he has to say, because they're struggling with these things as well. In verse 1 it says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete, being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit, and of one mind. When I look at this, what, I, what, I, what really jumps out to me, and I, what I love about Philippians 2, is it's kind of a really long sentence. I like long sentences. And when I look at this, I, Paul is saying, hey, if you really value this authentic relationship with Christ, if you're going to have a true relationship with God, and it's going to impact and change the way that you live your life, if you're going to have a real relationship with the Holy Spirit, and it's going to change the way that you do things, then you've got to change the way that you live your life. You have to have the same love. You have to be united with other people. You can't just be a knucklehead all the time, right? It's got to impact your life. You have to be, be living the life that you have claimed to be living. And I see this quite a bit in ministry where you'll see somebody, and you know, whether it's during a main service or during its uh, ministry, and you'll see somebody and they'll have their heart changed at the altar and they're praying and they're crying and they're weeping. And, you know, especially at camp, you know, junior high camp, and then 15 minutes later, you know, they're fighting over pizza or they're, 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 they're punching each other because of, you know, they talked to the, their best friend who had a crush on each other. And, and it's like, man, I thought God was doing some real things in your life. But it was real like 10 minutes ago, but it's not real now. How, do, how does that make sense? And I think a lot of us can relate to that where we can look at people and we can think, is, is God really living and active? Is it really true in your life? Or is it just all of this, this fleshly concept? Is it really deep? Is it really something that is real and is true? And that's... And that's what I think was one of the most important things for us to look at, is when we're doing this, we really need to be united with what God has to say, to let the Spirit speak to us. And I know that's the hardest thing, is that when we're united with the Spirit, some of these things can fall by the wayside. But when we're not united with the Spirit and listening to Him, it can be really easy to pick the wrong battles. I know personally, I don't like to be wrong. <laughs> when somebody uh, says something and they think they know it better than I do. I really like to be right. And I have a really hard time with that. And especially with my wife. Um, <laughs> which is not always the best. And, uh, you know, just a real example. Just the other day, sat down on the couch and my wife's like, hey, you're sitting on the remotes. Well, I wasn't sitting on them. They were directly next to my, where I, my, my behind, which I was sitting down. And so I wasn't technically on them. They were technically next to me. But I can see where she got that, 
And so I'm like, well, see, there's a difference here. And, you know, like we just moved into an apartment and, and our son has his own bedroom and um, there's a bathroom connected to his bedroom. Well, you know, she likes to call that Ezra's bathroom. Well, Ezra poops on himself because he's a baby. So he technically doesn't have a bathroom. It's the bathroom connected to his bedroom. And, and so I, I, that's one of the issues where I just need to let my Christ-like attitude, right? You know what I mean? I'm like, if, if, you, if you poop on yourself, that, that, you don't have your own bathroom. So I, that's just where I draw the line. You know what I mean? Like, so I, that's one of the things that I need to wrestle with is just letting the Spirit speak to me and my attitude with these, with these little things. Yeah, I know, junior high, we're talking about the P word today, so I'm sorry. I know we're on Sunday morning, but... So those are the things sometimes that when we are not connected with the Spirit and we're just operating in our flesh, we're not having this Christ-like attitude, we sometimes have a hard time just letting some of those things go. And one of the things that I really hope helps you today and um, <clears throat> is as you go home today, as you think about maybe some of those attitudes or some of those small things, I would encourage you with this. Just pop in the movie Frozen. You probably all have it. Um, if you haven't memorized it by now, you probably should watch it and invite Pastor Roger over. He's really good at, at singing and singing some of the songs. And so, but just, you know, the main song from it, the let it go, let it, you know, when you have those little arguments, like when I'm talking with Kyle and she's like, hey, you're sitting on the remotes, instead of saying, uh, well, technically, I should, you know, my spirit, my response should be, let it go, let it go. Hey, honey, pick up your dirty underwear off the floor. Let it go. Just to let go of some of those things. For that Christ-like attitude is so important. It needs to sacrifice. It needs to truly just let go of a lot of these fleshly things that we hold on to. And that's really what what Christ Christ is asking us to do when we we do things for others. In verses 3, you know, it really hits that on the head for us. Because the truth is that this authentic devotion when we're being real about it, it really demands for us to live our lives differently. It demands change. Verses 3 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. See, when we, when we do that in our lives and we put other people first, and we don't look at our, at our own selfish interests. That's when we see Christ's attitude really come in. There, there are so many moments where it's so easy to put ourselves first. You know, uh, it's a long day at work. Had a lot of things going on. What do you do when you get home? Maybe sit down, turn on the TV, watch a little ESPN, you know, watch a little Food Network, you know, whatever you like to watch. Throw on some Netflix or whatever. Kind of do some of your own things sometimes. I think it's easy for us to put some of our selfish things first, especially when we, when, we, when we have moments in our lives that are really stressful. One of the things that people have said to me before as I tell them <clears throat> that I'm a, a pastor and a junior high pastor, you know, the first thing is, you know, they're like, you're a junior high youth pastor? Oh, God bless you. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, well, thank you for that. And my response is like, you know, Junior highs are some of the greatest people in the whole world. I mean, they have just this incredible heart that when you're able to look past the craziness and sometimes the smelliness, 
you can really just see some amazing things for God. There's so many great things that they do and the things that they absorb. And if you've never spent any time with junior hires, I really encourage you to do that. Please come talk to me. I would love to have you as a youth sponsor to give you a little taste of what that looks like. But that, that is a huge area where you can just see some amazing hearts. So that's one of the first things that I say when I see people is, you know, hey, I'd love to show you what that really looks like. And the second thing is people, a lot are like, oh, you're, you're a pastor. You're, oh, I couldn't do that. You're never really off, are you? You know, you're always, you're always working, which in a sense is, is true. You know, I, I'm a pastor. It's who I am. I don't really get to just, just punch out. If, I, if somebody calls me, I'm going to talk to them. But the truth is for each one of us, right, I, I, whenever they say that, I always want to think, you know, as a Christian, do you punch out after your shift? You know, are you just a Christian when you go to church on Sundays? Are you only a Christian from 8 to 5 when you work? What does your time clock look like as a Christian? What does your time clock look like as your Christian attitude? When are you punched in? When do you punch out? When you're going to the gas station, are you... Showing an authentic relationship with Christ, the way you're treating that store clerk. If you're in Walmart and you see somebody you know and they start to have a conversation with you and they really need someone to pour into their life, as you're talking to them, do you just look at them and say, oh, I'm sorry, you're not on my grocery list. I can't, I can't talk to you right now. I'm punched out of being a Christian. Seriously, I mean, what does that look like? Do we, do we punch out of our relationship with God? I know, to be honest with you, even for myself, there are times when I will get home after, you know, a lot of ministry, and I want to just kind of punch out. And I have to actively engage and choose to have spiritual conversations with my wife. Because if that's what I do quite a bit of the time, it's sometimes hard to do that at home. So those are active choices that we need to do to have that Christ-like attitude in all that we are and all that we do, is not to punch out. Not to just decide, hey, we're only going to be a Christian at this certain period of time. And that's really what doing, not doing things out of selfish ambition or vain conceit looks like. It's doing things that are just sometimes unnatural for us to do. It's putting other people first. It's doing the things that really are going to value your relationship with God and then obviously your relationship with others. Listening to what God has to say in those things. I want to walk us through a little exercise. Um, <clears throat> there's, a, there's a pastor that I know that, that uses this illustration, so I'm going to do this with us uh, today. And I, I know hopefully there's some math majors out there that can stay with me uh, today. So what I have in my hand here is I have $24. All right? There are 22 $1 bills and $2 in change. And so what we're going to do is we are going to pretend that each one of these dollars represents one hour. You like that? Yeah. So if one dollar represents one hour, how much does 50 cents represent? Half an hour. Okay, perfect. You guys are with me. That's great. So what we're, <laughs> I'm not very good at math. So if I mess up, you guys can just tell me. <clears throat> so what we're going to do is we're going to kind of take an example. We're going to look at what an average person's day looks like, just with how they spend their time. And so this is just on average. This is not you. This is not me. It can be a lot different for each one of us. And after we're done, I want to challenge you, you know, to do this on your own. So we're going to take on average. So the first thing that a lot of people do every day is what? Sleep. So we're going to go on average six to eight hours. So we're going to say seven hours. 
three, <laughs> four, five, six, seven. We're going to count out seven hours for sleep. All right, so it's 24 minus seven is 17, right? 14? 17. No, 17 was right. Yeah, I told you to help me with the counting. And the next thing we're going to count out is we're going to count out, you know, school or work. That's a big chunk of a lot of people's day. Uh, eight hours we're going to take for that. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I'm, I can't count in my head, so I'm sorry if that bothers anybody in here. All right, so the next thing, according to a Gallup poll, a lot of people, the average person spends about 45 minutes uh, commuting every day. It depends on where you live. Obviously, we live in, <clears throat> in rural Nebraska, so some of you spend a lot more. Some of you maybe live close to where you work and you spend a little bit less. So we're just going to take, <clears throat> on average, we're going to take one hour out. Okay? So the next one is going to be different for a lot of people. Uh, it just depends on how you do it. But the next one is, is personal hygiene. So maybe there's some of you ladies out there that got to do your hair all perfect and need to do all this stuff and it takes you seven hours to get ready every day. I you know, for me, I don't, it doesn't take me very long to do my hair. So, <clears throat> but that includes, you know, showering and it includes, you know, other personal time. And so we're going to take on average for $1. So you guys are with me. How much, how much do we have left? We should have five $1 bills and then the $2 and change. And the next thing is, is one of my favorites. It's really important to a lot of us is our food time. On average, you know, at your work or at school, you'll get about a half an hour. So for the day, you know, you eat maybe three meals a day. We're going to lowball this one. You probably spend more than an hour, but we're just going to, we're just going to take one, one hour, especially if you have to cook and it takes all that time to, to get ready to eat and do all that stuff. We're going to go with one hour. The next one <clears throat> is something that, that a lot of us do. The average is one hour of TV or movies every single day. I know if you're a Netflix watcher, you're probably, if you watch one episode, you're probably watching three or four. That's just kind of the nature of how it goes. You're like, hey, where did my time go? I just watched a whole season. What in the world? So, I mean, so we're going to go on average for one, one hour of just TV and movies. The next one, internet, social media, Facebook, being emailing, going online, searching, ordering stuff off Amazon. We're going to say that the average, the average American uses the internet about two hours a day. That may be high for some of you. That may be low for some of you as well. The next one that we're going to look at is going to be uh, talking or texting on the phone. Maybe some of you guys will do that. You'll multitask with some other things. Maybe some of you will just you know, combine that with your social media and stuff. But we're just going to take talking and texting. We're going to give that about an hour and a half. So a dollar fifty. And then, what, what does that leave us with left, all my math majors? That leaves, that should leave, I think I did this wrong. I got a little excited. It's supposed to leave us with $1.50. I have $2 in my hand. People were just handing me change. There was like money on the floor that they thought was mine. So I just have coins down in my, my area. So thank you, I appreciate that. It's a good tactic. But that leaves us with, with $1.50 left. You know, that doesn't even include um, spending time working out. It doesn't really include any family time specifically. Maybe you have homework you have to do. Uh, this is just on average with $1.50. But if you were to do this today and be completely honest, what, what would your time look like? 
What are you giving to God? Are you proud of what you would give to God? God doesn't just want your spare change. He wants your very best. And I know that if I'm just giving God my spare change, my attitude usually isn't very good while I do that. He wants all of us and all that we are and all that we do. He just doesn't want what's left. He really wants the things that are true and are deep inside of us. And he wants that attitude to be real in all that we are, that authentic relationship. When we have that authentic relationship, it, it really just changes things. It changes the way that we spend our time. It changes the way that we communicate with people. It changes the interactions that we have with others. It changes the way that we volunteer our time. And when we understand that authentic uh, sacrifice and we understand how much Christ has done for us, it really gets us to a place where we can really honor others with that. Well, the next verse that we're going to look at, verse 5, is really one of my life verses. It's really something that has, has changed the way that I live my life. And we're going to read it here. It says in verse 5, your relationship, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. When I memorized this, the, the translation was, have the same attitude as Jesus Christ. And as I researched that and as I understood that a little bit more, the reality is, is that you know, our mindset doesn't just deal with our, with our emotions. Our mindset is deeper than an attitude. And when we have a Christ-like mindset, it radically transforms everything that we are and everything that we do. See, Jesus is the standard. He didn't compartmentalize his life. He was always on. He was somebody who didn't ever let down. He wasn't one person here, and then one person with the disciples, and then one person with the teachers. He was authentic. He was real. He was self-sacrificing. Verse 6, he was in the very nature God, not considering equality with God, something to be used to his own advantage. He sacrificed all that he was. When When we get this, when this starts to live inside of us, it really changes the way that we live our lives. And this, this is hard for us. This is really hard. When I was a junior in high school <clears throat> is when this verse really came into my life. I uh, had just gone through a really tough season. My youth pastor, who was in, was in a lot of ways like my dad, he left. And we got a, a new youth pastor. And this was really tough for me to deal with. And we went on to a mission trip during the summer with our new youth pastor. And there was this group of girls that were, that were there. And they were just angry. And they were bitter. And they were like... They were like mean girls. They were like the girls from Clueless. They were just super fake, and they were just so frustrating, and they were always, you know, giving bad attitudes, like, whatever, I'm not going to do that. And when we had to serve, I even remember, like, we had to cut oranges, and like, oh, oranges do not go well with my skin. I use this moisture. I'm like, what in the world? Are you kidding me? We're serving on a mission trip, and you're going to have a problem with oranges on your skin? It was just one of the most... Tough things for, yeah, this is true, for me to deal with. Again, these girls just had a terrible attitude. And my friend and I, we just, we got a hold of this verse. And it started to live inside of us. And it really started to change, it changed the whole outcome of that mission trip. We're just a couple of us living an authentic Christ-like attitude. As a senior <clears throat> in high school, I was on the homecoming courts. And, <clears throat> you know, they, they give you the opportunity to, 
give you words to live by. And people are like, shoot for the moon, and even if you miss, you'll end among the stars, and lame things like that. <clears throat> and I, Sorry, maybe that's your favorite quote, so don't get mad at me. Um, and in and, and mine, I was like, man, I use this Bible verse. This was what I used. My attitude, my attitude should be the same as Christ Jesus in all that I do. And you know what? People knew that was true in my life because I tried to have an authentic relationship with God when I was in high school. And people knew that. They didn't come up to me and be like, oh, you hypocrite, you never go to church. No, I actively invited people to church. My attitude was changed because I let Christ live inside of me and change the way that I dealt with things. I tried to do these things in this passage to be unified in the Spirit. And yeah, I'm not always perfect, but that was what was started to live inside of me as as a teenager. When we understand that that Christ, that who Christ really is in that sacrifice, it really it really changes things, and it it really changes things for all of us. You know, I would say say to you, what does your attitude look like when you come into to a room? As leaders and as Christians who are living this attitude, we're called to be a thermostat and, and not a thermometer. As, as leaders and as, as Christians, we, we can't just come into a room and expect everybody else to set the tone. Just like on that mission trip, it, it, when I was there, I didn't want to set, I didn't want to settle for what the overall tone was. I wanted to set the tone. A thermostat has a thermometer inside of it because it's able to gauge and tell what the attitude is around it. But ultimately, it's the one that, that sets the tones. And as Christians with Christ-like attitudes, that's what we're called and that's what we're meant to be. We need to set the attitude in a, in a room where people are being negative and, on, and ungodly and not showing Christ's love. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's what you're supposed to do in your family. Maybe you're meant to be the one who, who is the thermostat, who helps affect that change. That's huge uh, for, for us today. Because the truth is, is that when we are real with this, this authentic sacrifice that Christ gave for us really requires a change. We can't just be at the same tone as everybody else. In verse 7, it says this. It says, Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself to become obedient to death, even death on a cross. It comes back to who Jesus really is and what he did for us. I don't know about you, but when I look at sacrifice and I look at and I realize what Jesus did for us, it has to change things. That reality of what Christ did for us, that sacrifice, man, I hope that changes the way that you live. Uh, My son, Ezra, who's five months old now, um, was Jesus just the other night up here for our Christmas, our Christmas Eve production. And it was, it was awesome to see him up there. And, and one of the things that, that kept coming to my mind as I was watching him up here was my friend just a couple, of, a couple of days before that had said, you know, now that you're a dad, do you think that you could do what, what God did with Jesus or what Abraham did with his son Isaac when he had to give um, Isaac up to be a sacrifice. God eventually provided the way out of that situation, but he asked Abraham to sacrifice his son. And God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. 
And as I thought about that for me, as a dad of one super awesome, fun baby that I love so much, man, I don't know how it'd be so hard for me to sacrifice that. It'd be so hard. And that's the sacrifice that, that Christ gave. How do we honor that sacrifice? You know, if, if there was a situation where my son had to be, had to be sacrificed and, and I looked around and I saw people that had terrible attitudes and weren't reflecting the, the, the gratitude of what that sacrifice had just been, that would be really frustrating and really hard for me. And yet sometimes in a relationship with God, we're not willing to, you know, cut oranges and have our, have our skin be a little messed up. Sometimes we're not willing to serve in areas that maybe aren't the most glamorous at our church. Sometimes maybe we're not willing to, to do the hard thing or have the right attitude at home. Maybe we're not willing to, to cook a meal or sacrifice something that we want to be with our family. See, that Christ is asking us for authentic change. And when we remember that sacrifice, it really, it really changes everything. And it lives inside of us, and it makes us different, and it makes us authentic. For me in youth ministry, one of, the, one of the coolest things someone's ever said to me is I had a student be like, you know, Pastor Ed, you, one of the things I like about you is you really have that Jesus hair. And I was like, you know, it's probably not very biblically accurate. You know, we don't know, know what Jesus' hair looked like, but, you know, mine's a little short. <laughs> and he's like, no, that's not what I mean. And what he, was, what he really meant was he's like, you know, just, the, just when I look at you, I, I really see Jesus. And that was a huge thing for me. Just from hanging out with a student, spending time into him, pouring into his life, he was able to see some authenticity in my relationship with God. What does that look like for you? When people look at you, do they really see, see Christ and all that you are and, and all that you do? One of the other things I love so much about, about junior high youth ministry and, and is that I get to see some incredibly authentic hearts for God. There's times when, just like with all of us, it can, be, it can be hard and it can be crowded, but you get to see students who are just willing to give everything that they can for Christ. I mean, you look up here and most Sundays, we have a lot of students that are playing on the worship team. I'll, I'll pick on one of them, you know, Jonah Bennett, when he was in junior high ministry. I just remember, you know, sitting down with him, having coffee with him, investing into him, just seeing his heart for God just continue to grow and shape and just be abandoned. And now he's just using his gifts in amazing ways, and it's so incredible. This last summer, I had two students, um, <clears throat> two, two sixth-grade girls, um, uh, Lyric Hughes and Maddie Burton, and they were with me during one of the days where we were, it was like 100 degrees, we were serving at a convoy of hope, and it was super hot outside. And what really just stood out to me, and all we were doing is greeting people and getting people on go-karts to go home and smile and to interact with them. And these two sixth-grade girls in hot sun, and not doing a glamorous job and just handing water to people, I, I don't think I've ever seen more authentic smiles and more genuine just love coming out of these small little people. <clears throat> and it was just amazing to see. And they weren't, you know, standing there preaching the gospel, reading a tract. They were just handing water and smiling and letting their Christ-like love come out of their hearts and their attitudes. They could have been like, oh, it's too hot. My skin is messed up, right? They could have wanted to go in the shade, but they didn't because they were sincere about their Christ-like attitudes and serving and doing all they could 
for Christ. They weren't punched out. They were clocked in. And for us, in all that we do and in the moments that we have, we need to be punched in and authentic in our relationship with God and our attitude that we have, even when we're by ourselves. Those are some incredibly huge, huge pieces that we need to do. We're going to close here in just a few minutes. Um, I really hope that, that God is speaking in your hearts because we're going to get a chance to respond. Um, but there's one last story that I, want, that I want to share with you guys today. And it's just something that really speaks to me when I think about really having an authentic attitude and Christ-like heart. And when I was in college, I went to uh, North Central University, which is downtown in Minneapolis. And our campus was pretty close to the, uh, the University of, of Minnesota. And one night, uh, you know, like I would do in college, I would work out pretty late at night. And a lot of me and my friends would go and we would get junk food at like 1, 1.30 in the morning. And so one night, we, <laughs> we went over to the Burger King on the University of Minnesota campus. And as you would expect, if you go to a Burger King at 1.30 in the morning, you're going to have a lot of different interesting people that are there. You know, the bars were close to closing. There was definitely some inebriated folks that were in the Burger King. There was like three homeless guys at a table. And I'm, you know, 19 or 20 years old. And, and for me, this is kind of a new experience. I'm a little nervous, but, you know, I, I get in there and I just, I see all this stuff and I'm like, oh man, this is, this is kind of heartbreaking. And I see the employees and they're working in there and they're being diligent and they're just doing their job. And so I go up and I order, I get my rodeo cheeseburgers and my icy. And I'm like, hey, why is this so expensive to the, to the checkout guy? And the guy's like, oh, I'm sorry, I, I punched the wrong size. And as soon as he, as he realized that he had did that, he, his body language, everything about what he was doing just kind of shut down. He pulled back like he was about to get the biggest yelling out of his entire life, right? And, and I'm like, whoa, there's a wound here in this guy's life. Obviously, when you're working late at the Burger King and you're, you're dealing with all these different types of people, I just felt God say, I just love on this guy. And I'm like, hey, man, don't worry about it. It's just, it's just 30 or 40 cents. I'm not too concerned. It's not a big deal. I, I want you to know you're doing a really good job here tonight. Please, please don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. And, and the guy's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Don't worry. I'm not mad. It's not a big deal. And the guy looked at me and he said, that's the nicest thing that anyone's ever said to me. And I'm like, oh, wow. How? I look back at him and I just said, you know, I just want you to know that there's God that loves you. And I'm sorry that you have to deal with all this, but you're worth more than that. And I just walked away and waited for my food. And I just remember just being broken in my heart because if that's the nicest thing that anyone's ever done for him, you know, where are the Christians that are showing love to him in his life? I mean, how sad is that? We need to be showing love in all the things that we do. You know, that guy's soul is worth more than just a nice comment after a 40-cent mistake. We need to be, have this Christ-like attitude in all that we do, all the time, in every area that we are. And showing that attitude is just something that Christ really calls us to do. To keep the unity in the Spirit and to be united with Him in all that we are. So just like in that relationship and just in that little interaction with that guy, as we, as we close here in just a minute, just continue to be sensitive to the Spirit and please, 
uh, just be sensitive to what God has to say in the areas in your life where you can evaluate your time clock and how you're spending your, your time in your relationship with God and when you're punched in and when you're not. Uh, let's pray, and then we'll allow for some time to respond. Father God, thank you so much for all that you are. I just ask that today you would just take these words, that, <clears throat> that you would just use them, that they would be completely from you and not from any person, not from me, God, that they would be things that you use and anoint, that you would just speak to hearts today, <clears throat> and that you would just use imperfect, imperfect people to fulfill your perfect plan, that we know that we are not perfect, but we just desperately need more of you. So today, as people come to these altars that, that are for the hungry, that you would just help us hear from you. And as we evaluate our time cards, as we evaluate what it is that you're speaking to us, that we would just be full of your love and, and, and draw closer to our relationship with you. So speak to us today, God. Let us just hear from you as we respond.